This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and today we are talking about what an ancient Greek king has to do with my morning this morning. Uh, We are going to be talking about uh, Islam with a small child and how to explain it. We're going to be uh, announcing a new resource during our wildcard section uh, about additional needs support for the course. Our uh, colleague Becky is going to explain why, what's in it, and how to get it. And as always, We'll have a question to start an interesting conversation with your kid. Uh, and also, I just want to remind you that the audiobook of Parenting Children for the Life of Faith is out. And so if you want to hear 10 plus hours of me reading to you three books about how to help your kids meet and know God and uh, connect with their purpose in this world and find a godly-centered confidence, then uh, you can get that audiobook wherever you get audiobooks. Uh, I wanted to talk about in this beginning section about a Greek king. (laughs) Kids get into weird things. And uh, surprise, surprise, folks, I was a weird teenager. Uh, I memorized medical terminology textbooks. I uh, taught myself Irish Gaelic. I uh, absolutely loved ancient mythology. And I would absolutely consume anthologies of them, like books and books. I know it's weird. Uh, But one thing uh, one one of them has just been popping in my mind recently, and it's the story of Sisyphus. Uh, Sisyphus was a Greek king who basically tried to maintain control by outsmarting the gods. And he was eventually given an awful, awful punishment in the afterlife. Uh, in this myth, the for me, it's the worst punishment that I could possibly imagine. Uh, Sisyphus was doomed to roll this massive boulder up a steep hill. It was this really steep hill and it was all effort and he'd be pushing it up all the way to the top. And when he nearly gets to the top, like when it's just at the very top, then the big massive boulder would roll down to the bottom and uh, he would have to start all over again. His his punishment for eternity was over and over putting in effort and never achieving anything. Uh, and this is something that's like that people used to torture other people in prisoner of war camps throughout the 20th century. This was an actual torture mechanism uh, in uh, in World War Two prisoner camps because uh, I also have a master's degree in this. It's weird. Uh, people, uh, would, they would force people to dig a hole and then fill it up again, or they would force, uh, prisoners to move a pile of stones from one location to another and then back again. And the sense of, of punishing people with doing things that, uh, have no purpose is something that I think strikes to the heart of, of, of everybody. And I think there are some of us parents who fear this idea when it comes to spiritual parenting. You know, what if I put in all the effort and it's all for nothing? Or what if I try and try and try to help my kids meet and know God and then just see it all unravel and feel like I have to start over again? And I, I, I just, as I was praying for you all, I just felt like I wanted to speak some courage into you today because parenting for faith isn't an achievement. There is never a point where you sit back when you're helping your kids meet no God and think, I 
I've done it. We've reached the top. Uh, and now I never have to worry about it again. Uh, helping your kids walk a life with God is not a hill to climb or one big moment. It's a journey. It's a companionship of walking alongside. And if your kid wants to walk in circles, I'll walk in circles with you, showing you where God is every step of the way. And if you, as my kid, want to pause, I'll sit with you while you pause. Everything that we do as parents who are wanting to help our kids connect with God is purposeful and productive. Every action, every conversation, every skill and tool we use is cumulative. We show our kids who God is and talk about him and let them see into our lives and help them encounter him for themselves. And it etches in a groove of understanding so that as they journey in life, they can easily walk in the understanding and path that we have encourage them to walk in. Even if they choose to not be walking in it today, you know that they know how to, that they know how to see God, that they have memories of meeting with him heart to heart and how to do everything you created a window in for them. We aren't Sisyphus, pointlessly trying to achieve a task that can be easily undone. We are walking with our kids with every time we create a window, every time we frame something, every time we unwind a twisted view of God or create space for them to go on their journey by surfing their waves or help them encounter God through chatting and catching. We are etching possibilities for them to step into now and in the future. I just wanted to shout into your heart today. It's all purposeful and all productive. And God will weave it all together for the good of you and your child. For our question today, uh, we have a question that has come in from a listener. And I just want to, well, be very grateful for your question. The question is this. We live in a Muslim country and hear the call to prayer many times a day. My four-year-old daughter recently asked if daddy was going to pray at the mosque. How can I respectfully explain Islam to my daughter? I just want to thank you so much for getting in contact and a huge hug for you and your family. It's a great question. You have a specific context. And so I want to answer you in your specific context rather than just wax lyrical about talking about Islam in general. As our children grow, we get to take truth and let it grow deeper. So what your child needs to know at four will not be the full depth of what she can handle at eight or 12 or 16. So I would suggest that you not worry about coming up with the best, fullest description of what Islam is. I would suggest you give her a framework for seeing and understanding others with broad strokes, with much more emphasis on explaining and growing why we do what we do, rather than focusing on why they are different. Particularly as she may repeat what you say and she's living in a community that is surrounded by um, others, you want to give her a framework that holds up with love and unity rather than disconnection or putting people in boxes. And this particular question and circumstance revolves around the call to prayer and the great question she has of if daddy was going to pray at the mosque. And I would suggest that you then focus your answers, particularly around the heart of the matter, which is how we connect to God. 
the general snapshot can be helpful to kids. Uh, God calls all of us because he loves us. And there's something inside of all of us that wants to be with God, to know him and be loved by him. And uh, you know, you you can say, you know, we're surrounded by people who are wanting to serve God to the best that they know. And when we hear that singing from the mosque, we hear that call. We hear people wanting to connect with God. Um, but not everybody knows Jesus like we do or feels the freedom that he brings us. So I'm so glad to have Jesus in my life. And then you, you can describe the call to prayer. I'm sure you've done this already, but you might want to frame again what the call to prayer is. It's a public call that says, hey, it's the time to pray to the God you know. It's very important that we do this. And so people all over your community stop to do that. And in the Bible, God tells us that he loves staying connected to us all the time, not just at certain points throughout the day, but all the time. He says that we don't have to pray at certain times or ways because he wants us to constantly share our hearts with him, to chat to him and catch what he's saying. Uh, Because God knows that We don't wait for a certain time to talk, and he's communicating all the time with us. And then you can pivot the conversation to, how do you like to chat to God? And then you can off on a conversation about God connection. And in this way, we aren't trying to analyze structures of belief or talk about the theory of religion. For a four-year-old brain, all we're saying is God wants us to connect with people, and we know that God says that he wants us to share our hearts with him, and he wants to talk back. And if your child is a child who likes structure... You can always jump on board with the pattern. Every time you hear the called prayer, you can tell God how you're feeling or ask him to fill you with a part of his heart or give him a high five. Um, and the, the, the last thing I would suggest is you create windows into God connection at home. Chat out loud. Make it informal or light or intimate or peaceful. You know, Show your daughter how God connection looks. Introducing, chatting, and catching in that kind of conversational prayer. And as your child gets older, more questions will come and you can frame it for her differently. You can have conversations about how people think different things based on different information and how God feels about all people. You can talk about mission and how you choose to love others and share what God has done for you. But for now, train your kid in God connection and help her see that all people need God. And that's why Jesus came. I hope that's helpful. You may disagree with all of that. (laughs) That is completely okay. Um, Even if you disagree with all of that, then uh, hopefully you'll know better why you disagree with all of that. Or maybe you'll like certain bits and other bits won't be applicable and throw those bits away. You are the expert in your kid and in your community. And uh, you'll know best uh, how to explain it to your child. But I hope that's given you uh, some nuggets to think about, at least, uh, as you form what is right for you and your family. Uh, and may God bless you mightily as you live for him in a, in a community that um, is seeking him. For our wildcard section, I wanted to introduce to you a new resource that we have. Um, We have our Parenting for Faith course, which is a free course that you can find online at the parentingforfaith.org website. And Whenever any parent goes on the course, right now we have a watch party online, uh, or whether you're running it on in a small community, whether you're running it in your church, or whether you're just watching it at home, we all have to take the course information and apply it to our own families. You know, we as parents are the parent and carer. We're the expert in our own kids. And uh, it's our job to take information that we get and figure out how it works for our kid. But some of us, though, have children with additional needs. 
and sometimes we can want and need some extra encouragement and application. And we at Parenting for Faith know that God wants every child to live connected with him, and he created our children, he knows them, and he wants them to flourish in relationship with him, no matter what their shape and ability. And periodically, we'll be bringing experts in spirituality of children with additional needs into the podcast to give us extra skills and encouragement. But Becky Sedgwick, one of my colleagues, has been taking the lead in developing partnerships, and she is here to tell you of a new offering we have to help every family get the most out of the Parenting for Faith course. Hi, this is Becky. I work with Rachel and Anna on the Parenting for Faith team, and Rachel's asked me to just let you know about some stuff we've been working on behind the scenes here at Parenting for Faith. Um, So about for the last 18 months or so, I've been talking to some people who really know a lot of stuff about parenting children with additional needs for faith. Because at Parenting for Faith, one of our core values is that every family is unique, every child is unique, and our God who made us is able to connect and uh, with anyone uh, in the way that suits them best. So I'm not really a contemplative person. I connect best with God when I'm walking through the woods. Whereas, you know, I have friends who love a silent retreat. So the God who knows us is the one who's able to connect with us. And that goes for children with additional needs. And so we've been talking to people who've got more experience than us on this. And we've compiled a resource which is for course leaders covering a lot of questions that we think parents and carers of children with additional needs might have when it comes to parenting for faith and we've based it around the course so our experts are Mark Arnold from the Additional Needs Alliance and his colleague Kay Morgan Gurr who's been working with children with additional needs for at least the last 25 years and then Naomi Graham who used to head up Access at New Wine and is now running her own charity working with children and families with additional needs. So I sat them down in a room and I said, this is the course, these are the core principles of Parenting for Faith. What sort of questions or issues might that bring up for a parent or a carer who has a child with additional needs? And they just poured out their wisdom and we've tried to capture that in a document. So, for example... If my child doesn't speak, how can I encourage them to chat and catch? If my child finds reading really hard, how can I encourage them to to understand the Bible? If my child is cognitively um, not as able, how can I help them understand concepts about God? All sorts of stuff that we think is useful. And over the next six months or so some of that will be turning into more posts for the website but I just wanted to encourage you that if you have a child um, with additional needs that you parent or care for um, we really want to resource you and so we would love for you to get in touch and say this is a question I have or share a story with us of your family's unique experience of parenting for faith with your child with additional needs stories that will encourage other people but also educate us about the sort of things we can do and the sort of things that are possible with our great god um because we want to 
at Parenting Faith, one of our, our things is we just want to resource every family to the best of our ability. And you guys are the experts in your own kids and you know what questions you've got and you know what stories you can share. But I'd really like to encourage you to get in touch with us. You can do it via the website or our Facebook page and ask us questions. And if we don't know the answers, we'll do our very best to go and find the people who do. And please do share the stories because stories are so such a rich source of encouragement for other parents and carers. And um, that's it, really. It's a really useful resource. If you're leading a course and you'd like it, just get in touch. If you're a parent, you think this might be really useful for me, get in touch and we'll happily send it to you. And do let us know if it's helpful and do let us know what else you'd like to add to it or have questions answered. And we'll do our very, very best to help you as you journey with your children and your family on your unique journey of parenting for faith. And a question to start an interesting conversation is this. What would you rather experience? Seeing God with your eyeballs or him doing something for you exactly the way you asked him for? What would you choose and why? Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.